Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, if you would please. Matthew chapter 28. Friday night we ended with verse 61 of chapter 27. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. That was after they placed Jesus in the tomb. I can only imagine the thoughts in their minds. The, the wondering of what's next. They know what Jesus Christ did for them. They witnessed his miracles. Mary Magdalene was one that had just a, a tarnished reputation. She was despised and filled with a demon and Jesus Christ delivered her. She knows what Jesus Christ did for her, but now she, her savior, she's watched him beaten. She watched him crucified there and she, she heard him as he cried, it is finished. And as she and Mary sit over against this sepulcher, they're wondering what's happening to their savior. I'm sure they're recalling the, the things that Jesus had said, that he would rise again in three days. In verse number one of chapter 28, we find the first morning there, the Sunday morning, the first day of the week, in the uh, end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the, the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, fear not, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he had said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher from, with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Now, when they were going, behold, some of the, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers saying, say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. 
Boy, that last part, I'm not preaching the message on this today, but that last part, could you imagine the soldiers coming and saying, this is what we saw. This is, this is the events that just happened this morning. And everything that this man said was going to happen, happened. And, and then we find the, the religious leaders pay him, pay these soldiers and say to the soldiers, say something else. You know, you would have thought by this time they would have listened and believed that this was the Messiah. I mean, what else was it going to take? They saw the miracles. They saw what Jesus did. Now they have eyewitness account that this is what happened. An earthquake took place and he's not there anymore. He rose from the dead and they still want to silence the message of Jesus Christ. All these that saw Jesus after his resurrection, eyewitness accounts, and they wanted to tell these to be quiet. What an, an exciting story, Matthew chapter 28. It's a story of a risen savior. You know, our troubled world is desperately searching for answers in how our world is in such severe crisis, isn't it? The foundations of our faith are under attack. The foundations of family are simply collapsing. What is the answer for chaos? What is the answer today for this anarchy that we see, for the racial, racial strife that we see all around us? Uh, what is the answer for the, the soul of this generation? I want to declare today that the answer is to discover the living hope that Peter talks about. That living hope is Jesus Christ, and it is made possible because of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have hope because of his resurrection. And that's why we're here today to celebrate the resurrection. This past Friday, we looked and we saw the, the crucifixion and it was a sober time as we came together and we took of the, the elements at the Lord's table and we reflected upon the agony and the pain that Jesus Christ went through. But today is a different story for us. Today, today, like the, the two, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary that came to the sepulcher, the sepulcher is empty. Jesus Christ has risen and Jesus Christ has defeated death and he has given us hope. The most exciting news that the world has ever heard came out of a cemetery. It came out of this chapter here in verse number 28, and that is this. He is risen. He is not here. Go and tell his disciples. Jesus Christ is risen. First Peter chapter 1. Would you turn there with me? Keep your place there in Matthew. But I want you to see what Peter, the apostle Peter, writes. Now, Peter is such an interesting one. Peter this author of Peter, he is the one that said to Jesus, Jesus, I will never forsake you. I'll never leave you. This is the same Peter, though, that uh, when that young lady there at, at uh, the, the high priest house said, I know who you are. You're one of his disciples. The Bible says that Peter cursed and said, I don't know him. This is the same Peter that ran and hid. This is Peter who said, I'll never leave you. Now can't be found. This Peter now, now Peter is aged. Peter, Peter is mature in his faith. 
Peter is one of the apostles that has gone and preached the gospel. He is the one that stood at Pentecost and preached with power and preached with authority from the Spirit of God, and 3,000 people were saved. This is what Peter now says. Look with me in verse number three of chapter one. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter believes in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Peter sees, he has seen Jesus Christ. He is a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He watched them as they placed him on the cross. They, he watched him die, but Peter also saw that the tomb was empty. Peter also experienced the wonderful joy that comes in knowing a resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says this, it's a lively hope. Peter declares that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was the birth of a living hope. A living hope. A living hope releases us from the bondage of death and the bondage of time. You see, the people of this world, they, did, they do not live with eternity in mind. The people of this world live for this world. They live for the things of this world. The things of this world they want, the things of this world they live for, with no thought of eternity. They're trapped in a, a, a pursuit of this world. They're, they're trapped in a prison of a, a few brief years of their mortal life. And as they grow older, they're terrified by the grave. They're terrified because all the things that they possessed in this world, none of it can go with them. You find so many in this world that's trying to figure out the, the fountain of youth. They want to live forever. Why? Because they're terrified of death. They're terrified of the grave, but not so for the believer in Christ. Not so for the believer in Christ, because we also live in time, but our hope takes us beyond time. Our hope takes us into eternity. Hope liberates us from the presence of time. This, this living hope that Peter speaks of, that is where our, our faith is in, our hope is in. That living hope only comes because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hope liberates us from the presence of time. Your last breath here on this earth is your first breath there in eternity. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, what is our guarantee of this? Our guarantee of that is that Jesus Christ and the resurrection from the grave. You see, if Jesus Christ was still in the grave, then we have no promise of eternity. Everything that Jesus said would be false. There'd be no hope. Literally, the things of this world would be the best that we could live for. The things of this world would be all that we would have. But because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the things of this world are nothing compared to eternity and all that we have in Jesus Christ. You see, you... And I, those here today who have received Christ as their Lord, you know what the Bible says? You shall never die. The Bible says, he that believeth in me shall never die. It's a fact from the word of God. That doesn't mean that we won't face death here in this mortal body. 
It means this, but because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our soul is going to live forever. Our soul is going to be in the presence of an almighty God. Here's the resurrection story. On Thursday evening, Jesus sits with his disciples and they share in this Passover feast. At the end of that Passover feast, Jesus tells the one Judas Iscariot to go and do what he must do. And Judas goes and meets with the the guards and meets with the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders to betray Jesus Christ. There's a garden that Jesus goes to on the east side of Jerusalem. From that garden, you can see up to the Temple Mount. You can see the east gate. There's a place that Jesus would go and pray. Jesus would go and spend time with his father. This was a known place. His disciples would go with him. This is why Judas knew where to find Jesus. Jesus Jesus enters into this garden of Gethsemane. And oh, can you see him as he pleads with his heavenly father? The Bible says this, that the stress, the pain, the agony that Jesus goes through in this garden is so great that he begins to sweat drops of blood. The weight of all the world is on his shoulders. The weight of my sin and your sin. The agony is on his shoulders. In agony, he looks to heaven and he asked his father, if this be possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus, knowing the answer, but knowing what he's going to face, the cruel beating that he's going to face, him taking your sin and my sin, becoming sin for you and I, the one that was sinless, the one that knew no sin became sin so that you and I could be righteous. The sin of all the world. But the answer is this, from the foundations of the earth, Jesus was determined and destined to die. You see, if Jesus does not go to the cross, everything that has been planned from Genesis to now is going to be an absolute failure. There is no hope for humanity. Man is living in sin Man is turned from God and God is, is, is turned from sin and sin cannot be in God's presence. And if Jesus Christ does not go to the cross, man is doomed for all of eternity. There's no reconciliation from man back to God. There's no redemption story. And as Jesus is considering all of this there in that garden, Jesus responds with this, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus would see down the portals of time and he'd see your face and he'd see my face. His love and his compassion for you and for me is what brought him to the place of the cross. The Bible says this, Jesus says, no man take my life. I willingly give my life. As those Roman soldiers rushed into that garden to take Jesus Christ by by force, 
When they asked, are you Jesus? And he, he speaks to them just those few words, I am. They fall down to their face. You know what that is a sign of? It's a sign of this, that they had no power over Jesus Christ. He willingly gave himself. This was not something that was forced. This is something that Jesus Christ willingly did for you. Oh, the story of love, the story of compassion. No other greater story of love has ever been written than the love that Jesus Christ had for you and for me. Jesus replies to his father, not my will, thine be done. The destiny of Jesus as the lamb was to be slaughtered. There's no way out of this. Mankind has to be redeemed. A lamb has to die. Innocent blood has to be shed. And as Jesus comes and he finds his disciples there, he finds his disciples sleeping. In the most crucial hour, his disciples are sleeping. I pause there just for a moment, and I want to speak to those that know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I want to challenge the church today. We are living in a world that is in total chaos. We are living in a world that has no hope. We are living in a world that's full of religion, but no answers. We're living in a world where they are taking the, 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 the biblical values that God has placed and they're mocking them and they're rebelling against them. I want to challenge the church today that in this most critical time as the disciples in this most critical time there in the garden, they were sleeping. Let's not be found asleep in the most critical time in our generation. The most wonderful thing that we can do is tell of the lively hope, the living hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Let's not be found sleeping. Let's not be found entertained by the things of this world, but let us be found pursuant in, in, in with passion, preaching in teaching and living the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, we gather on this day today to rejoice that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. But it's just not today that we rejoice. Every day of the year, every month of the calendar, every year in this generation we live in ought to be a time for us to proclaim that Jesus Christ is alive. Oh, Easter is a day that we set aside, but I am so glad today that it's just not on this day that we have something to rejoice in, but we have something to rejoice every day of our life, and that is Jesus Christ is alive. He has defeated death. He has defeated hell, and he is offering mankind, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As the soldiers came to arrest him, he's taken before the high priest He's taken before the, the Roman rulers and all the beating and the agony. They take a cat of nine tails that has rocks and glass and sharp objects on the ends of that whip. And they beat the back of our Savior. 
as they beat the back of our Savior, and that rips the, the, bat, the, the, the skin off the back as it comes around the side and rips the skin as they pull that whip back. His precious blood falls to the ground. His back is bloodied. And the verse from Isaiah 53, 5 comes to pass by his stripes. We are healed. It's not just for a healing of 2000 years ago, but I'm so thankful that the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Christ, the stripes that he paid for you and for me, those same stripes that happened 2000 years ago is got the same healing power. It is alive as well in the 21st century today. The power of the resurrection is as powerful today as it was 2000 years ago. The power of the resurrection is still what saves lives. It's still the living hope. It hasn't changed the most glorious story of the redemption of mankind is still the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's still power. His stripes were healed by his stripes. You and I find hope. Oh, listen to me today. There's not a person in this room that is beyond salvation through Jesus Christ. By his stripes, you're healed. It doesn't matter what you've been involved in. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've been a part of. It doesn't matter what's in your family pedigree. It doesn't matter the sins you've committed. It doesn't matter the things that you've been, uh, you've thought. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the lies you've told. It doesn't matter the sin that you've done. The power of the blood of Jesus Christ can heal and forgive every sin that mankind has ever done. You're loved by God. <clears throat> Jesus Christ went to the cross and he bore the stripes so that you could find healing. This is not just a physical healing. This is a spiritual healing. Jesus was sentenced to death by crucifixion there in Rome. One of the most horrific deaths that one could face. He was stripped naked. He was mocked. A crown of thorns was placed upon his head. He was laid there on that cross and nails went through his hands and through his feet. They spit upon him. The Bible says they walked by him as he was there on the cross, wagging their heads, saying, if you be the son of God, come down off that cross. And what they don't understand is he's on the cross because he's the son of God. If he would have come, and all, come down off that cross, mankind would have no hope. But the power of God, the power of Jesus Christ to stay on that cross is what paid your sin debt and paid my sin debt. It wasn't him coming down off the cross that showed he was the son of God. It was him willing to stay on the cross that showed that he was the son of God. Jesus cries with a loud voice, it is finished. Jesus does not cry with a loud voice, I am finished. Because Jesus Christ has just begun. He says, it is finished. What is finished? Death, hell, and the grave, it's finished. Oh, death, where is your sting? 
Mankind now is going to be redeemed back to God. The grave has no hold on us. Hell, death, and the grave is finished because of the cross of Calvary. Power of sin. To destroy the righteous is finished. The power of Satan to control your life is finished. The bondage of sin over you is finished. When Jesus cried, it is finished on the cross, what he was saying is this, eternity has just begun for those that put their faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. The war that began in Genesis chapter 3 between God and Satan, it is finished. Satan has lost. Jesus Christ is now Lord of the earth. Jesus Christ is now Lord of the universe. There is, there is now forgiveness of your sin. There is now joy unspeakable and full of glory because it is finished. Jesus Christ did what his father sent him to do. The seed of woman has crushed the head of the serpent as God promised it would. The Lamb of God has become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is victorious. He is almighty. And he is the resurrection and the life. It is finished. No more lamb has to go to the slaughter. No more sacrifice has to be made. The veil is rent in two. No longer is just the priest allowed into the Holy of Holies. You and I now are allowed in the presence of God because of the cross. His body was taken from the cross. It was placed in a borrowed tomb. I know, could you hear it yesterday? From the time he was crucified to the time he rose again, his disciples are silent. But there's someone rejoicing. The demons of hell are rejoicing. They think they've won. The one that declares himself the son of God, Jesus of Nazareth, is dead. He's in the grave. They believe that they've won. Satan thinks that he is the victory. The Roman politicians, Pilate and Herod and, 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 the, and the, uh, the, the, uh, the religious elite there are gloating, thinking they have won. They've silenced this lunatic man, this one that said that he is going to be the king of the Jews. They've silenced him. He's in the grave. His disciples were scattered. His disciples are afraid. They're hiding in terror. They're in fear of what's next. But oh, we know the story and we today can rejoice and we can say thank you for the blood of the cross. Thank you for the victory of Calvary. For without it, there would be no redemption. Fear comes across the followers of Jesus. Is what Jesus said true? Satan thought he won. You see, yesterday, 2,000 years ago, all of hell rejoiced. All of hell celebrated. There was a celebration. Satan believe he, believes he won. Every demon on this earth believed that they won. There was a celebration because the powers of darkness thought they defeated the Son of God. But Sunday's coming. 
And as Mary, as we read today in our text, as Mary Magdalene and Mary come to that tomb, an earthquake happens, Jesus Christ rises from the dead, and no longer are the demons of hell rejoicing, no longer is Satan rejoicing, no longer is there celebration of evil, there is now a celebration of those that will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is alive and he lives forevermore. The angel came from heaven to roll that stone away. God, through his power and through his spirit, Jesus is risen from the grave. You know, could you imagine that morning? The Roman, the Roman politicians say this, let us seal that tomb. Let us put guards in front of that tomb. Let's show them that the power of Rome is the greatest power on the face of the earth. No one can beat Rome. So the seal is placed upon that tomb. The stone is rolled in front of that door. The seal is placed. The soldiers are gathered there. But on that morning, 2,000 years ago this morning, Jesus Christ walks out of that grave. Jesus Christ is risen again. He is the light of the world. He proves to be the son of God in everything that Jesus Christ said is true. Rome has no power over Jesus Christ. The Pharisees and the Sadducees have no power over Jesus Christ. Pilate, keep washing your hands. You have no power over Jesus Christ. Herod has no power over Jesus Christ. The emperor of Rome with all the seals and all the Roman soldiers and all the army that he has, he is not victorious. Our savior comes out of the grave. He has conquered death. He's conquered the evil of this world and he's giving you life, life everlasting. What does the resurrection mean, church? Every claim that Jesus made about himself was absolutely true. I'll mark that down someplace. Every claim that Jesus made about himself is absolutely true. Jesus said, In three days and three nights, I'll rise again. And it's true. <laughs> there was, there is eternal life to all believers because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what Peter says in first Peter chapter one, this living hope. We have living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is why we celebrate today. This is why today is the day that we gather and we celebrate because we have life. The Bible says in John eleven twenty six, he that believeth in me shall never die. Jesus could have said that if he would have stayed in the grave. If Jesus didn't have the power to, to, to resurrect from the dead, then he couldn't give you and I power to resurrect from the dead. Oh, but there's a day coming. The trump of God is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise and all of us are going to meet together in the clouds with Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's rejoice today. Jesus said this as well, because I live, ye shall live also in John 14, 19. You say they could believe the words of Jesus because Jesus Christ did what he said he was going to do. Everybody in this room 
we've been lied to before. You've been lied to by people that should never lie to you. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ proved that Jesus Christ is no liar. He is no lunatic. He's not just another person that came declaring to be something he wasn't. He came declaring to be the son of God in his resurrection proved he is who he said he was and he will do what he said he will do. So today, if you feel lonely, rejected, abandoned, Jesus said this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you feel helpless and hopeless because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he's offering you everlasting life. You see, we don't have to be afraid. That's why the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. We don't have to live in fear because we know our future. We don't have to live in pain because we know our future. We don't have to live rejected and abandoned because we know our future, because we know the one that holds the future. And it's because of the resurrection. And his name is Jesus Christ. He's alive. And he's not only alive, he cares for you. You see, Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died because of you. He rose again for you. All of that had to be done so your sin debt and my sin debt could be paid for. It's the story of the Bible. From the beginning of man's sin in Genesis chapter 3 to the end in Revelation, the story of the Bible is that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And it's him that we have eternity in. It's because of the cross and because of the resurrection. And the most wonderful thing today is anyone in this room can become a child of God by believing in who Jesus Christ is. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ now, after the resurrection, he ascended back to heaven. He sits on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and for me. He's coming again one day to receive you unto himself, that where I am, he says, there ye may be also. Today, those of us that know Jesus Christ, we are celebrating. We are excited. We are telling the world that we as Christians believe that Jesus Christ is not in the grave. He is risen from the grave. He is alive. But if you're here today and you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, today is the day that you can have everlasting life. Will you receive Jesus Christ today? You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.